Uh, question one. Since Jesus' family lived in the land of Galilee, how could he still be part of the tribe of Judah? Well, the simple answer was that he was born within Bethlehem, which is in Judah. And so that made that pretty simple. Uh, but the kind of the question is, did he identify as being part of Judah? Would his parents have said, we're from the tribe of Judah, even though they lived in Galilee, which is sort of far up north? Uh, well, historically, all of the different... Uh, the, throughout the, God's land, there were the 12 different tribes. They were all given their own little spot. Uh, but that was much earlier on in the piece. After that, we ended up having a, the, the simple sort of divide of Judea, which was the southern part, and then Samaria, which came to be the, the upper part, and then beyond that was Galilee. And so we, uh, even though he was a Jew within, his family was from Nazareth in Galilee, they still would have identified, obviously, as being part of Judah, uh, hence their return down to that place in Bethlehem for the census. Question two. When Philip left suddenly, did he teleport? <laughs> Some people say he did. It's not uh, impossible. Acts chapter 8.39 from last week says that the spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. It does sound a little bit like teleporting. Uh, we don't know. There might be a, uh, it might just be that he was quickly out of there real fast and they just, you know, he got on a, I'm not, not really sure. It's entirely possible that he did teleport, perhaps a little bit like Jesus who was able to, Go in two places and be very fast from one spot to another. We're not really sure. It doesn't matter too much, but incredible things were happening. And nonetheless, the Ethiopian was left alone on his own to rejoice uh, while Philip went away to do other ministry. Question three, was Stephen sent as a son of God? Uh, not in the same way that Jesus is the son of God, obviously. Although it is also the case that, that we are all sons of God uh, and Sometimes we, uh, actually Mark and I were having a cup of coffee about this chatting during the week, uh, that, that we, we, might, we might talk about how uh, you talk about being a son of God. You say, well, you mean sons and daughters of God, don't you? Well, yes, but there was something 2,000 years ago that to be a son in a family was the one who received the inheritance. And so the ultimate thing would be to, to be the firstborn son. And so that is the situation that we have before God. We share that whether you're male or female. We are the sons of God and uh, have that inheritance and that special place of honour that we could call him, the, you know, behold what manner of God the Father has given to us, that we should be called the sons of God. Wow. Question four. How did Satan turn from an angel to become the devil? You might be surprised there's not a lot in the Bible that talks about exactly how this happened. Uh, the New Testament book of Jude might talk a little bit about that uh, and give us some ideas, the idea of a falling of an angel, uh, which might be the way that Satan fell. But it seems that the best explanation is it was given a, a similar choice to humans, uh, and that was that he could follow God or he could choose to disobey God and go his own way. It seems that he did the second and in turn has now tried to drag everyone down with him as well. And also, if you look at Revelation 12, you'll also see that there's a, a bunch of stuff there that talks about the fall of Satan and so on, including something that answers this next question, question five. How do we know that the serpent in Genesis is Satan? Well, we have uh, in Revelation 12:9 it says that it talks about the, the great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world. I think that's a clear connection between what, uh, who, the identity of the snake in Genesis chapter 3 
I think probably John chapter 8 verse 44 also points us in that direction as he describes Satan as the author of lies who deceived from the very earliest moment and it seems to be talking about what happened in Genesis chapter 3 with the fall of humans. Uh, two to come. Is it right to tell a friend to stop being rude to you? Well, the Bible tells us we should, Romans 12, 18, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. I think we want to, if someone's offending you, then it's right to say, hey, you're offending me. I want us as a community to get on well. Uh, we want to have relationships that are, that are good, living in peace with everyone. Uh, if someone is sinning against you, the word of God tells us that we can tell them to stop. Uh, Luke 17.3, if your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Uh, and then if they don't, then it kind of escalates and there's a procedure to do that. Why? Who cares? Aren't relationships just expendable? No, they matter. And so we need to be, a, in the, uh, as we hear from this, that if there's somebody who's being rude to us or whatever way that is breaking down our relationship with them, it's the right thing for us to address that in love so that there might be some form of peace between us, some sort of reconciliation so that we might live in love with each other. Finally, question seven. If we don't love ourselves, then does it mean we don't love God? Remember that song, um, learning to love yourself is the greatest love of all? Uh, no, not really. The greatest love of all is that of the Father for us, that he would send his son to die for us. That is the greatest love of all. And everything kind of derides from that. Uh, if you find it hard to love yourself, it's not going to change God's love for you. Um, and it, but if you do find it hard to love God, then maybe you need to find out more about his love for you. And how do we do that? Well, we don't sort of look deep to ourselves to feel it. Uh, we look to the word of God. It's like a love letter from God telling us about his love for us, what he's done for us, and his care for us, and his sacrifice for us. And that in turn, as you get more and more in the mind of God, will understand his love for you, and then you'll be able to know better your love for yourself, which is a, something I think that as we understand we are loved by God, it should flow to that as well.